Hi, I'm Garth Tanner. I'm Jamie Wincup. I'm James Courtney. Tony Delberto. Hi, I'm Rick Kelly. Hi, I'm Todd Kelly. Hi, I'm Lee Holdsworth. You're listening to V8 Insiders. It's your weekly dose of V8 news on the V8 Insiders. Now, here's your host, Craig Revell. Craig receives a Queen's birthday honour. Be recognised for what we do and what we love to do is, uh, it was pretty special. Teams prepare for Hidden Valley. Heading into Darwin, especially after our form there in the past. And who will be on the Triple Eight cars in 2013? That's all coming up today as the red lights go out on another edition of the V8 Insiders. Take in the V8 to the races. You watch the action on TV. Now, read about them in V8X Magazine. V8X Magazine, dedicated to just one thing, V8 Supercars. Showcasing some of today's best writers and award-winning photographers, V8X brings you all the news and in-depth interviews demanded by today's V8 Supercar fans in one action-packed magazine. V8X, the number one magazine in V8 Supercar coverage. Out now. This news update is brought to you by V8X Magazine. Log on to the official V8X Magazine Facebook page for your chance to win some great prizes. First up, here's the news brought to you by Nobrac Carbon Fibre Products. Triple Eight will not be Team Vodafone in 2013. Vodafone announcing last week that they will be pulling out of all sports sponsorship to concentrate on developing their phone network in Australia. Craig Lowndes told the V8 Insiders that Vodafone came to the Triple Eight factory personally to talk to the team. Uh, you know, it was really good though to see uh, you know, a representative from from Vodafone from head office in Sydney come up to the race team, uh, address us all uh, in Team Vodafone, and uh, and of course, uh, you know, as I said, it was a bit of a shock, but uh, I no doubt that Roland is uh, you know very keen to uh, you know trying to secure other uh, sponsors for not, for not only next year but beyond. Craig Lowndes has received a Queen's Birthday honour on Monday for not only his racing but also his charity and road safety works quite humbling to uh, to be recognised for that for not what people see me as which is uh, normally driving around in a race car and uh, uh, with a helmet on and trying to go as fast as I can it's uh, it was also about the, the charity work that we uh, we continue to do it we'll have more from CL in this week's white flag lap Tim Slade and Lee Holsworth have taken a different approach to getting to Hidden Valley. Lee and myself are, are heading up to Darwin on the GAN, on the train, so uh, that should be interesting uh, also. The pair are also stopping off to see some of the Finky Desert Rally in Alice Springs. Slade is confident that a good result this weekend is on the cards following his team's strong showing at the last event in Phillip Island. And after our podium at Phillip Island and our form recently and, and so far this year, we're sort of quite confident heading into Darwin, especially after our form there in the past. Greg Murphy will be ruled out of the next four events in the championship with the popular New Zealander undergoing further back surgery. The good news was that Murphy's management team reported that the Kiwis' back surgery went to plan on Tuesday and he is currently resting up. His Pepsi Max Commodore will this weekend feature a new livery based on Murphy's racing helmet, with Dave Russell, the Kelly Racing Endurance driver, subbing in for Murph this weekend. 
VIP Pep Food, Steve Owen has helped out the Kumo Tyre V8 Series entrant Jim Polisina this week by testing the third tier V8 car at Winton. Owen was only too happy to help out. Challenge Series Championships, so he's never been to winter before in a supercar, so it was a good chance for me to come down and give him a bit of a hand. I um, was on bowl here a couple of years ago, so I know a bit about the cars. It's an XGMR car. I know a bit about the Kumo tyres. I've done a couple of rounds previously, so um, just a good chance to come down and give these guys a hand and uh, hopefully get him going for the winter round. And finally, Ford Performance Racing is confident that they'll be in top form at the top end. Mark Winterbottom saying that the Darwin round normally kicks off his points chase. It's been a track that has turned my season around for probably the last three to four years. I always have had a slowish type start. I get to Darwin and uh, that sort of turns the form around. So um, quite a special place for me and uh, you know, hopefully this year it's just as special and we can uh, win a race and enjoy the weather and have a bit of fun. Davison feels he'll be able to build on the experience for 2011 to get a good result. Going around every track for the second time uh, with a team is always a huge help. I, I sort of, by the end of last year at Darwin, the car was amazing. So now I hopefully hit the ground running. With FPR winning the last nine races in the championship, the pair this year are not worried about the weekend, which will see a mix of soft and standard tyres across both races. Different race formats, different tracks, um, different competitors. It's always it's chopping and changing, and we need to probably re- respond and react very quickly to it. And uh, we've definitely got the soft uh, or hard tyre format sorted, um, and uh, you know that works very well for us. So getting it right at Darwin is going to be a big thing. And uh, either way, we've we've made both work, so um, we're pretty confident. We're just enjoying getting these great results at the moment. So as long as we keep pushing hard, keep focusing on what we need to do, keep focusing on improving some of our weaknesses uh, and minimising mistakes because I think the champion this year will be the guy that is the most consistent and has made the least amount of mistakes. And that's the news on the V8 Insiders for Nobrac Carbon Fibre Products. Check out the entire range at www.nobrac.com.au. On the white flag lap, we hear from Craig Lowndes, but after the break, it's Richard Crowell and Peter Norton. News on the V8 Insiders is brought to you by the official V8X Magazine Facebook page. Sign up and keep in touch with V8 Supercars. You've taken the V8 to the races. You've watched the action on TV. Now, read about them in V8X Magazine. V8X Magazine, dedicated to just one thing, V8 Supercars. Showcasing some of today's best writers and award-winning photographers, V8X brings you all the news and in-depth interviews demanded by today's V8 supercar fans in one action-packed magazine. V8X, the number one magazine in V8 supercar coverage. Out now. The views expressed on V8 Insiders, including the panellists and guests, do not reflect those of the network, Thunder Media, sportradio.com.au or V8X magazine. Any publication or rebroadcast of the show without the expressed written permission of Thunder Media is strictly prohibited. Hi, I'm Lee Holdsworth. You're listening to V8 Insiders. Welcome back to the V8 Insiders. Joining us this week from SBS's Speed Week and uh, I think just about every speed-related program on uh, Speed Channel that uh, doesn't come from overseas, Richard Crowell. Good evening, Richard. Thank you, Craig. (laughs) And also from Inside Motorsport, it's Peter Norton. Guys, we're off to the Sky City Triple Crown, and I'm wondering if the man who won the first ever race up there, who this week got a Queen's birthday honour, 
will be the man to beat. He's, uh, of course, Craig Lowndes, and you actually hear from him on the white flag lap. I'll get that plug in early. But, Richard, Triple Eight and uh, Team Vodafone, as it'll be known for the next six months, is certainly fighting an uphill battle this year. They haven't had it all their own way. They haven't, and I think it might be fair to say that the sport's probably been the better for that because... No one likes to see too much domination except for the people that are doing the dominating. So from an entertainment perspective, it's been fantastic, hasn't it? So, yeah, look, Craig's got to go up there feeling pretty confident. Um, He's had a a great lot of success up there and he's been in good form lately and since he's got that qualifying pace worked out as well, um, things have been going quite nicely for Craig and he's been really putting a lot of pressure on uh, his uh, very successful teammate, Jamie Winkup. So I think he's looking okay, but, I mean, he's one of probably 10 drivers that can go up there and win races straight off the bat. And then there's probably, like any Vat supercar around another three or four or five, even more, that, that could pop up on any given day and regularly challenge for wins. And that's part of the appeal of the, the championship and the way things are at the moment. So, look, Lowndes is no doubt going to be one of the, the ones to watch, and, and I can't wait to see that. It'd be great to do it. The other thing we need to look at, guys, in the years of the Triple Crown, no one's actually ever won it. And in its current format, that means going and taking pole position as well as winning both races. No one has done that yet. So that's something else to watch this weekend. Can somebody, I'm looking at Will Davison perhaps, who's always been very good in qualifying in race one this year especially, um, can anyone go and get that elusive triple crown? Yeah, the triple crown is the dodgiest title since they got rid of three races, <laughs> Peter Norton. I think you'd agree, but that was going to be my question to you. Do you think someone can actually sweep? And I was just going to make it a little bit easier than Richard did because uh, you have to remember there's two pole positions. So if there's two pole positions and two races and they're racing for a triple crown, I'm going... You know, let's just worry about could someone win both races? Uh, yes, the quadruple crown seems to be uh, a little bit tricky. Um, what I've enjoyed about the racing in Darwin over the last couple of years is that uh, it does bring out some of the other uh, competitors that they rise to the challenge. Uh, Stone Brothers is one that springs to mind that uh, have had some uh, very good speed there. They haven't always converted it to race wins. Uh, but uh, they've, they've come up there and, and dished out a few surprises. So uh, I don't think uh, Team Vodafone, uh, either of the cars there, will dominate. And I think uh, Ford Performance Racing, um, they may struggle as well compared to the, the recent advantage that they've shown. Mm. What is interesting as well is that uh, you can regularly see different manufacturers, different cars, team cars on the the podium. I think uh, we've seen, in the last time it was three different uh, races was 2008 and you had Ford Performance Racing, Mark Winterbottom, Garth Tander from Toll Holden Racing Team and then Ford Performance Racing, Stephen Richards taking wins. The year before it was two to to Lowndes, one to Scaife and then the year before that, 2006, it was Holden Racing Team Scaife, Bright Ford Performance Racing and Lowndes Triple Eight. So, although the bright one, I have to put a caveat on it, it was a reverse grid race, and we we know that, you know, they uh, have got their own uh, little um, moments too, and we don't see them very often nowadays for a reason, because the drivers think it's all too hard. Richard? Yeah, look, it's a good track for mixing it up, and I mean, last year Rick Kelly won the Saturday race, so... He's had good form there, and the Kelly cars are generally pretty strong. Um, 
I seem to remember Michael Caruso's been fast there in recent years. Uh, Alex Davison was strong for the last two years in the Irwin Ford, so watch out for Stone Brothers Racing and they're in good form. It's one of those tracks that, that no one goes and tests there. No one gets any laps there aside from when you go racing. It's probably one of the closest permanent circuits that, that we visit that is like a street circuit. So it's, there's a lot of temporary infrastructure around the outside of the circuit, but the fact that the drivers don't get many laps there I think plays a role. And if you can unload the car off the truck and be fast... You know, it really doesn't mean too much if you've been quick everywhere else. If you're good there, it sort of works on its own little world like a, like a street circuit does. So it's, um, it's a good round for that, and, and that's one of its appeals. I think the other appeal, guys, and I know you two will agree with me, but South Australia has not been particularly warm lately, and I know Canberra certainly hasn't, but um, I think we're all looking forward to uh, four or five days of 28 degrees and probably 22 degrees minimum overnight. That's going to be my highlight for the weekend. Yeah, it is going to be a lot warmer up there, and that's something that the teams have always found a little bit difficult to contend with. One of the other things about the trip to the northern swing, as I like to call it, is that different teams and different drivers have different ways of getting there. And when you hear the idea, and it's pitched to you, Peter Norton, that why don't you and uh, you go up on the GAN, you'd think, yeah, nice leisurely train trip up there. But, uh, of course, the GAN was hit with a derailment that had all sorts of dramas leading up to this week. And uh, I guess Tim Slade and also Lee Holsworth have been able to uh, negotiate it. But you would have been worried if you were sitting down there in Adelaide thinking, hmm, I've got to get on this train and they still haven't cleared the tracks from the derailment a day or two before. Yes, it could be uh, around the world in 80 days style where you uh, have a hot air balloon and helicopters and horses and all sorts of things uh, you know, teed up for whatever little glitches may come along. All right. Looking at the race, as we will do in detail in a few moments, it is going to be an interesting mix of everything you can throw at it. Do we really think we will see a new winner up there, knowing that we will have mixed tyres, which has been one of the success stories, Richard, of this race since it's gone to two race meeting, uh, two races over the weekend? Um, look, I mean, my personal thought is that we probably won't, because I think the form drivers that have been good this year are, are still going to be the ones that are there. If we do get a new winner from the season, it's going to come from that, that sort of fringe group of drivers that's always somewhere near the front. I mean, it could be a, a Tim Slade who finally gets up for his first win. Uh, it could be a Rick Kelly again. Um, it could be a, a David Reynolds in the Bottolo car. It's going to be one of those strong outfits. I mean, it could be a Holden Racing Team car. It could be James Courtney getting back towards the front where he needs to be. So I think if if we get a surprise result, it's not going to be from a surprise team. But um, I think the, the form guide has been well and truly established for this season. But as we've said, that's one of the great things about Darwin is that it does get it sort of all mixed up and thrown out in a bag and see who comes out the other end. So that's part of the appeal. And, you know, you've got the heat to deal with. You've got a 120k race and then a 200k race. That soft tyre does play a role. Um, but I, I, there's no real reason, I don't think, why the form guide we've seen so far will continue on. I mean, for me, FPR and Triple Eight are the pace setters. Garth Tander rings the neck of the Holden Racing Team Commodore and gets it there and Stone Brothers Racing are getting better as the season goes on and it'll be difficult to look past that group of, of cars and drivers and teams to uh, to pick a different winner. Mm. Peter, your thoughts? 
Um, I think Richard's reading of the form guide is quite accurate, that uh, uh, regardless of over recent years we've seen people qualify well, uh, you know, some of the other cars, they've qualified well, uh, they've had great speed in the first part of the race, but typically the pattern of the racing is that they're they're limping home, they're nursing uh, worn-out tyres, and can they hang on to take out the win or even can they hang on to stay on the podium? Uh, it's created plenty of drama over the years, uh, but Richard's right. The class typically does rise to the top. Um, I'm thinking that uh, yeah, maybe this year, though, maybe one of those upsets can come along. Well, been uh, plenty of upsets over the years at Hidden Valley. We'll see what comes up on the weekend we need to take a break here on the van insiders back with plenty more right after this controversy corner is next when we return with more on the v8 insiders find out more about your favorite supercar teams and drivers when we go inside further on the v8 insiders you've taken the v8 to the races you watch the action on tv now read about them in v8x magazine v8x magazine dedicated to just one thing v8 supercars Showcasing some of today's best writers and award-winning photographers, V8X brings you all the news and in-depth interviews demanded by today's V8 supercar fans in one action-packed magazine. V8X, the number one magazine in V8 supercar coverage. Out now. Hi, I'm Shane Van Gisbergen. You're listening to V8 Insiders. Welcome back to the V8 Insiders. Richard Crowell and also Peter Norton joining me, Craig Ravel. And guys, uh, I've mentioned it again, Craig Lowndes coming up to talk about his uh, Queen's birthday honour on the white flag lap. But there's been plenty of other things happening on and off the track. And one thing we speak to Lowndesy about in the uh, white flag lap interview is the loss of Vodafone to Triple Eight next year. And uh, there's been so much speculation already on who Roland will get to uh, fill the uh, side panels, bonnet and roof of his cars in 2013. And it's interesting that uh, there'll be a new car, new sponsors. It'll be a lot of new look and feel to Triple Eight. And obviously with the way they've been able to engineer new things over the course of the uh, of the organisation, uh, they're going to be very hard to beat with another new car next year, Richard. Yeah, and the one thing you've got to remember about Triple Eight, and, and you know, you, you go through the internet forums and you see some of the stuff that gets written, oh, it's the end of the world, you know, they won't be competitive anymore. I mean, that's, that's all rubbish. They, this is not only probably the best racing team in Australia, but also the best commercially orientated team going around, and that's how they were able to bring a, a multinational company like Vodafone into the sport. And and I think there's been a quite internal view at this sponsorship being withdrawn as a comment on V8 Supercar, but you need to look at the fact that Vodafone's not only pulled out of V8s, but they're pulling out of cricket as well, and ending an 11-year sponsorship with the Australian cricket team. So... It's not just uh, motorsport they're pulling out of. It's general withdrawal and, and reallocation of their advertising funds. So we need to remember that. We need to remember that Triple Eight are, are incredibly well commercially connected, and we've all seen the rumours about other sponsors that could pop up. Monster Energy Drink being one. Um, but you know they have such a great ability to do deals, to do networking. I, I would guarantee you that, that Roland Dane and Peter Jamison, who's the commercial guru at that team will already have a list of potentials on their, their list, even people that they might already have been speaking to. Um, they would know that the, the contract was up for renewal this year and that there may have been a possibility. And Triple Eight don't strike me as a team that go into things without having a backup in place. Mm. So they've got the results on the board, they've got the commercial infrastructure, they've got the names, the drivers, the success. 
Um, if anyone can re-land a mate sponsor, it's going to be Triple Eight. I've heard a whisper, Peter, that it could be a company called Milwaukee Tools. So I don't know how accurate that is, but uh, we'll have to see how that mail goes because I believe Milwaukee Tools are trying to make a big push into the Australian market. An interesting time to be doing it during a global financial crisis, but I guess whilst we've still got manufacturing... Sorry, we haven't got any manufacturing here, have we? (laughs) Whilst we've still got... um, the coal and the, the mines going strong, well, there's going to be plenty of power tools and the like being used there. Yeah, the, I was going to say, who are Milwaukee Tools? But I guess that's exactly the point. If you're a new business coming to a country, um, get onto a high-profile high sporting team to help uh, everyone understand what, what you're offering. Um, I don't think we'll see the Triple uh, Eight cars all in white. I don't think we're going to have that embarrassment at all at the pointy end of the field uh, for all of the reasons that Richard uh, mentioned. Vodafone have their own particular reasons for why they're uh, ending the sponsorship. Um, It's no indication of uh, the V8s being a a poor deal for them. Uh, And uh, as Richard was saying, the Triple Eight will... uh, uh, or are very skilled at the commercial side of things. You just have to uh, you know, have a walk around their pit garage and they're very clever with lots and lots of signage of all of their different little partnerships. Um, they're very well connected. What What is a, a slight pity is that um, uh, the Vodafone, one of the, the great things to me about that is that uh, the, the whole design of the car, it's coordinated. Yes, there's a couple of different sponsor names on there, but it really is a, a complete package and uh, you know, the, the whole design concept goes all around the car. Some of the other teams that rely on a collection of different sponsors, they end up with a, you know, a bit of, a, a, bit of a, a combination of a bit of this, a bit of that, and sometimes it, it just doesn't gel for me. So I hope that uh, they can maintain their cohesive uh, you know, presentation of the sponsors because that level of professionalism and everything like that is just fabulous for the sport. You know, it raises the, the profile of everything. Mm. And, of course, another team that does really have that uh, one-look car is the uh, Pepsi Max crew. And uh, although Greg Murphy won't be a part of the racing for the next four events, David Russell will get to uh, show off a very impressive-looking car if the uh, the f- photos and mock-ups are anything to go by. Yeah, good-looking livery, isn't it? And, and reflects, uh, for those that haven't seen it, Greg Murphy's helmet design with the sort of black and the orange swirls and, and the, uh, the the Kiwi uh, sort of design involved in that. So it's kind of unfortunate timing, isn't it, that they've introduced that livery uh, just when Murph uh, is forced out of the seat for a while and we certainly wish him all the best. And V8 Supercars, I, I think, despite the fact he hasn't had a huge amount of success lately, V8 Supercars still the poorer when Greg Murphy's not in a racing car. So all the best to Murph. But, yeah, good-looking car. And, and, and that Pepsi... Um, program of the different liveries has been I think reasonably successful it's a, a new way of generating PR in the middle of a season when an ordinary you know driver XYZ goes to Darwin will be thing might not get much attention um, Pepsi Max can rock the, the new livery angle and speaking with a PR hat on it's, a, it's always a good thing and, and the fans especially like a, a good looking livery and I, I think it's one of the better ones they've had on that car since the, the Pepsi deal started last year. Mm. And it's interesting because with the future of uh, the Kelly Racing team going to Nissan next year, um, it, it'll be interesting to see if they have two Jack Daniels cars. And I am hearing whispers that we might see two Red Bull Nissans 
next year. I don't know if you guys have heard anything like that. Well, the Red Bull thing is an interesting connection because Rick Kelly is one of their few Red Bull-sponsored drivers here. Um, and bear in mind that Red Bull Racing has a partnership with Infinity, which might not sound particularly uh, evocative, but Infinity is the luxury car division of Nissan. So that's uh, a very logical way of going about uh, making that connection, Craig. Nicely done. Well, I didn't make it through that per se. I've had a birdie whisper, and uh, I'm just passing it on. I don't have any facts to back it up, and I certainly don't have anyone on the record, but uh, remember, you heard it here first. (laughs) But, Peter, it, it, it does make sense. Red Bull is a big company, and they would be keen, if Monster goes to Triple Eight, they would be keen to be in the marketplace prominently. Yes, that's right. Um, Rick Kelly has had a, quite a long-time relationship now with Red Bull, and uh, I think a lot of us have been waiting for that sponsor to uh, you know, step up and, and sponsor the full car rather than just a, a few things with Rick. Um, and it makes sense that if, if there's the, the threat of Monster you know, coming in in a, in a big way, um, then, uh, yeah, have those rivals going head-to-head. It's a little pity that uh, uh, Mother have sort of dropped their, uh, their profile uh, this year. It'd be nice to have you know, the battle of the energy drinks in a, in a big way, um, you know, trying to, to get that whole profile of the sport up, uh, you know, leveraging what they're doing themselves. Yep, and Richard, it, it was thought that the energy drink battle was going to be the next frontier because we saw Battle of the Bourbons before that Battle of the Cigarette Companies um, and then we had that little foray into the Battle of the Betting Sites. Um, but it was always thought the Battle of the Energy Drinks was going to be the the real one that kicked V8 supercars along that next level or just gave it that next shunt. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. Um yeah, whether it happens or not, I don't know. I mean, this is the worst time you can possibly imagine to go out and try and find sponsorship. So hopefully they can get it over the line and, and it all comes through. But the, the thing that, that Kelly Racing have got with that operation for next year is Nissan. And the cross-marketing uh, opportunities that are in place are massive because it's not just about whacking a big sticker up the side of a car and calling yourself Pepsi Max Racing. It's about the the networking that you can go on. So what happens now is that um, Kelly Racing can go to potential sponsors for the other half of that crew. And, hey, we've now got 250 Nissan dealers that we have access to. So there's a customer base built in, a, a direct marketing base, if you will. Um, you know, you can have cars on displays in dealerships, so you're expanding the reach. It's all about putting those little bits and pieces together, and that's where the value comes from. That's where let's say a Red Bull will go, okay, well, we, we like that. That's what we want. That's how we can expose our brand and, and get recognition. So it's just so much more about the name up the side of the car, and, and that's where Kelly Racing, and that's where Triple Eight as well, are in a very, very strong position because they've got those networks in place and they can offer a sponsor a lot more than just going, hey, give me a couple hundred grand and we'll work a pretty sticker up the side of the car and send out a press release. So... That's um that's where they're particularly strong and that's where it's exciting for them commercially going long term. Mm. Guys, always a pleasure to catch up with you both here on the VAD Insiders. And uh, I know, Richard, it would be remiss if we didn't get a plug-in for the Nissan Delta Wing that's running at the Le Mans 24-hour race this weekend because I know you're going to be uh, doing all your commentary jobs and then probably staying up watching the race on the internet and speed TV and whatever other avenues you can get at watching that race. Uh, quite possibly, I love Le Mans. Great race. It's 
it's, uh, it's an exciting thing. And, yeah, the, the Nissan Delta Wing's a fantastic concept. be interesting to see how it goes. But uh, bear in mind, Aussie John Martin racing in Le Mans for the first time in Allen Docking Racing. So that's uh, another story to follow, good young Aussie guy. Mm. Peter, I know you love Le Mans as much as you love the Indy 500, and that was a, a thrilling race ugh, a few weeks ago now. Yes, it's a great time of year, isn't it? Um, you know, Monday mornings at work can be a bit of a struggle, but uh, what a smorgasbord of motorsport all around the world. It uh, really is just a great time. Mm. Well, thanks again for your time on the V8 Insiders and look forward to a great weekend up at Hidden Valley. Thanks, guys. Cheers. Thanks. And the white flag lap is up next here on the V8 Insiders. It's Craig Lowndes talking about his honour and also what's going on at Triple Eight Race Engineering. You've taken the V8 to the races. You watch the action on TV. Now read about them in V8X Magazine. V8X Magazine, dedicated to just one thing, V8 supercars. Showcasing some of today's best writers and award-winning photographers, V8X brings you all the news and in-depth interviews demanded by today's V8 supercar fans in one action-packed magazine. V8X, the number one magazine in V8 supercar coverage. Out now. Hi, I'm Rick Kelly. You're listening to V8 Insiders. On this week's White Flag Lap, we speak to Craig Lowndes. He's picked up uh, an award that you don't often see for a motor racing driver anyway. It is a Queen's Birthday Honour. Congratulations, Craig. Oh, thank you very much. It, uh, it is an honour. It's something that uh, uh, to be recognised for what we do and what we love to do, is uh, it was pretty special. How did the uh, process come about? Because I know you can't know about it until someone's decided, yes, you're worthy of it. Uh, yeah, well, I got a letter about probably two, just almost three months ago, just to uh, to give details of uh, you know um, of uh, obviously where I live, make sure everything, uh, the information side of it is is correct, uh, and then uh, basically didn't hear anything until about a week ago, where I got a finally got a letter stating that uh, that I was uh, um, part of uh, obviously the process and uh, and I've been accepted, so it's uh, it was it was wonderful, it was a great feeling, it was an honour. And, uh, and then, of course, go through the papers uh, throughout uh, uh, Monday and then to see all the recipients that uh, have been awarded. And, uh, and of course, it's, uh, and it's filled with some amazing people and, uh, and, and what they've achieved and what they've done is, is uh, for me, uh, you know, quite a special time. Of course, everyone equates you with your role as a racing driver, but the award is for more than just being a driver. It also recognises your road safety work and other charitable works as well. Yeah, it does. It, it's something that's. Uh, it, was, it was again. It was quite humbling to uh, to be recognised for that. For not what people see me as, which is uh, normally driving around in a race car and uh, uh, with a helmet on and trying to go as fast as I can. It's. Uh, it was also about the, the charity work that we uh, we continue to do. It's something that uh, you know I'm not going to stop. It's. Uh, uh, it's something that I I've thoroughly enjoy. It's uh, to get out there and. Uh, and uh, you know, in a, in a couple of uh, different areas, we we work with the uh, very closely with the RSPCA, trying to help them fundraise. Obviously, uh, you know, they're they're needing a lot of funds per year to uh, continue to maintain what they've got and also grow and develop. Uh, and of course, uh, the road safety side of it, uh, we work very close up here in Queensland with uh, SunCorp Insurance, uh, Fatality Free Friday, and uh, and really uh, try and get the message across to a lot of the school kids uh, about the difference. Obviously, what they see me doing, uh, but but 
through the motor racing side of it is the knowledge that I have that hopefully we can uh, pass down to the next generation that are going through that process of uh, learning about driving uh, road cars and, and of course the rules and regulations and really try and give them uh, you know a little bit of more of an insight about uh, uh, you know seating positions uh, awareness of what's around you and of course uh, uh, you know some of the problems that they hopefully uh, they don't uh, get in, involved in. Now, of course, you've got a race coming up this weekend up in Hidden Valley, uh, a track that is just so different conditions-wise and surface-wise than a lot of the other surfaces you have to uh, contend with throughout the year. Yeah, it is. It's, uh, it, you know, the, the humidity and the heat uh, is different to what we've been facing so far. It's, uh, you know, it's definitely a hotter climate. Uh, the circuit and the surface of the track is quite abrasive. Uh, we're using both uh, combination tyres, the soft and the hard tyre. So it's something that, uh, you know, trying to get a car balance uh, that suits both of those are very difficult. Uh, you know, the crowd attendance is, is amazing. It's, uh, I think it's one of the top two or three events of uh, Northern Territory that, uh, you know, V8 Supercars put on. It, it does get recognised. It does get followed quite, uh, uh, you know, um, hugely throughout uh, Northern Territory. There's a lot of people that drive up from Catherine and further south. So, uh, you know, it's fantastic. And uh, it's been three weeks since we've been in a race car down at Phillip Island. So we've had like a, in a sense, a mini break and uh, really looking forward to getting back in the car. Mm. Now, in that intervening break, if you like, uh, your boss, Roland Dane, has just found out that he's going to have a funding shortfall. He hasn't suggested to you that you might have to take a pay cut next year, has he? <laughs> no, I'd, uh, I believe both Jamie and I know myself have uh, re-signed with the team and uh, that's already been locked and loaded. So, uh, uh, you know, it's something that, uh, yeah, it was a bit of a shock news for us. Uh, we got told just shortly before it, uh, it went out to the press that, uh, you know, Vodafone uh, wouldn't be continuing on with the team beyond this year. It's something that uh, they've, they've made a decision and, uh, uh, you know, it was really good, though, to see uh, you know, a representative from, from Vodafone, from head office in Sydney, come up to the race team, uh, address us all uh, in Team Vodafone and, uh, and, of course, uh, you know, as I said, it was a bit of a shock. But uh, I no doubt that Roland is, uh, you know, very keen to, uh, you know, trying to secure other uh, sponsors for not, for not only next year but beyond. Uh, you know, he hasn't actually let us know yet what or who he's looking at uh, because, he's, uh, you know, he's keeping that a bit uh, close to his chest. But, uh, you know, he is obviously uh, in that process at the moment. So uh, for us, we've got now six months left with our, obviously, uh, current contract with Vodafone and uh, hopefully we can finish the year on a high for them with all their, uh, you know, years of service and uh, support they've given us. A lot of people would think, well, it's only really the stickers on the car that change, but it sounds like there is a lot more to the relationship than just uh, uh, a paying for advertising. Oh, for sure. I think that, uh, you know, Vodafone have been very instrumental in, in the, the growth of, uh, of Team Vodafone and Triple Eight. So, uh, you know, it, it, it's immense uh, um, sadness for all of us because, you know, we have uh, a great relationship, uh, not only just in, in the sponsorship side of it, but a lot of, lot of uh, people that we have met within Vodafone organisation that, uh, you know, we we, uh, we can now call friends and, you know, we, we um, uh, still keep in contact very closely from day-to-day stuff outside of motor racing. So it will be a shame. Uh, hopefully the other side of it won't stop. It'll continue. And, uh, of course, there's, uh, there's a bit over 600 people that are based in Tasmania, that uh, the call centre, which we go down to every year and say hello and walk through. And, again, there's a lot of people in there that... Uh, We've got to know and meet and, uh, and fantastic people. So it is just more than just uh, handing over money and uh, putting a sticker on the car. It's, uh, you know, that we've built a great relationship and friendship over the six years that they've uh, been involved with the team. Uh, you know, I, I personally, and I'm sure everyone else in the team would love to continue on the relationship, but, uh, uh, you know, Vodafone have made a decision and, uh, and of course, it's, uh, you know, we have to honour that. Uh, but as I said, we've got six months left uh, to go in this championship. 
it's going to be a tight fought out championship. Jamie second, we're fourth. Uh, there's two Fords in between us, and they're leading the championship. So uh, hopefully uh, one of uh, one of our guys can get up there and, uh, and and thank Vodafone in the best way we can, which is winning races and championships. Mm. And knowing how close the field is this year, I guess we'll make a victory in the championship if you can get it even more special. Oh, for sure. I think that uh, you know, every year we talk about uh, the competition getting tougher and stronger and harder to win races, and I think no doubt that this year has definitely proven that, that uh, the FPR have uh, stepped up. Uh, they're fast, they're consistent, uh, they're reliable. So uh, all those elements is exactly what you're looking for in a, in a, in a team and a, and a championship. So uh, not only them, but Stone Brothers, uh, HRT, um, uh are going okay. I'm sure that they'll be a little bit frustrated. They probably want to go a bit better, but they'll show good pace on occasion. So uh, you know there is some uh, you know some great competition out there, and uh, and of course uh, we've got to do what we can and uh, focus on what we want to do and how we want to go about our business, and uh, and hopefully that's good enough to win races. Mm. Congratulations! All the best this weekend. Uh, I guess the question is, do you come to Canberra to meet the Governor General to receive the honour, or will it be done locally up in Queensland? Uh, I'm not 100% sure on that, uh, to be honest. I think it's, uh, it, it'll be done later in the year. They're talking about September, October, uh, and uh, we'll sit and wait to see what uh, actually does come about. Uh, the way that the letter read was uh, it might be more state orientated, but uh, you know, really, it's uh, you know, would have been fantastic. Uh, and I'll be still uh, happy to come to, ta- uh, to down to Canberra, I should say, uh, to obviously uh, to meet and greet and uh, be handed uh, the uh, Medal of Honour. And, and that's something that uh, you know, I'll be looking forward to uh, later in the year. Craig, it's always a pleasure to catch up with you. Thanks for your time today. No problem. Thank you very much. My thanks there to Craig Lowndes. As the checker flag waves over another edition of the V8 Insiders, till next time round, keep smiling and bye for now. Join us next week for more V8 Insiders, only on v8x.com.au.